Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 174 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is business and marketing books. Which do we love? Joining me, Claire Lydon, nearly forgot who I was then, is my co-host, the business babe, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? Business babe, that's an interesting one. And also, have you noticed like the last three times you've, you've tripped up on the intro about something, which is weird because like we gave you this job because you're the one with the radio <laughs> voice. <laughs> I know. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't know, don't know what's happening. Uh, I, I'm I'm tripping over intros for some reason. There's sure to be some deep and meaningful reason. Maybe it's just your theme for 2023. Yeah. I mean, if that's your biggest challenge, then this year's going to be a breeze because that really doesn't matter. Yeah, well, it amuses you and it might amuse the listeners too. So all good. So yeah, what's been going on over here? So Lizzie is back from the editor again. So I had to make some minor changes and now it's back. Now I just need a cover and I had to request a cover from my cover designer. And getting that I need to make these requests sooner because my cover designer is now uh, in popular demand. So uh, there's a little bit of a snag. I'm waiting for my slot to come up. It's like, like when you go into a store and you have to like pull a number now. That's that's what it is with my cover designer. So, um, but And I also need to write the blurb which we all know, every writer, it's our favorite part of the job, writing the blurb. Yeah, you know, I just did um, this, went through this process for my football book, and um, I've got two covers back that I really love. Uh, I can't decide on them. But my cover designer asked me for a synopsis of the plot. So I wrote the blurb because he asked me for the synopsis. So I can't remember if it's any good or not, but I've done a first draft, which is a good start. Can I borrow it? Do you think we can just, like, swap out some key... Th- Things. Yeah, just swap the names, it'll all be fine. Yeah, sure, it will be fine. So yeah, so the next Lizzie book is almost ready for prime time, so that will be exciting. And other news, Miranda and I are working on our mystery series, and I think we may be on every watch list, watch list now, because we keep giggling. <laughs> we keep giggling, but we also keep Googling different ways to kill people. And each time we do, we keep getting links to, like, a Good Samaritan kind of thing, telling us that things aren't that bad, like, don't do it. <laughs> and I'm truly grateful for these sites for keeping an eye on things. I really am. But it's I, there should be, like, a way where you could be like, I'm just a writer doing research. So you shouldn't waste your resources on us because, like, we're literally just doing research for a book. And I'm sure there are many other people who need more help. But yeah, it's, it is kind of funny. It's turning out to be really hard to be like, what kind of poisons would kill someone or something like that? And they're like, don't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that must be quite exciting, though. Uh, are you enjoying writing writing a bit of mystery uh, and getting away from romance for a little bit? Yeah, it's kind of a, a nice break, really. Sometimes you can get in a bit of a rut writing romance or something like that. And the, I mean, there there is a, a romantic thread throughout the series, so it's not like we're... Because every story has a romance. I mean, that's just like love kind of makes the world go around. So there is still the romance, but it is also fun to add in these like other aspects to it. And this is fun and like 
it takes place like there's certain parts that are gonna um, take place in the in the past in the 1920s which i find is one of my favorite um decades to study and everything so it's just been a lot of fun so we have been giggling a lot and googling a lot giggling and giggling so, good yeah there you go that should be like the new name of the podcast i'm sure you will trip over that so um over on iheart sapphic uh we started a new thing we're calling sapphic books in the wild it's being paired with the guessing game of where i go on my weekends like a I go on an adventure and then I share photos and share facts and then let the readers guess about where I was. And um, I'm kind of embarrassed it took us a, a lot longer than it should have to add this extra component to that. But it was Miranda's idea who was like, you know, why don't you take a sapphic book with you and snap photos of it on your adventure? So it's not just like your photos there, but it also we are sharing sapphic books, which is why we're calling it Sapphic Books in the Wild. So, uh, my first adventure for sapphic books in the wild, I went to a marsh outside of Newburyport and, um, found this house that is called a spite house. Have you ever heard of a spite house? No. I hadn't either. It's interesting because apparently it was a couple who was going through a nasty divorce and in the divorce, the husband had to build a replica of their house, but the wife didn't specify the location, so he built it on the outskirts of town in a marsh. <laughs> and it's very desolate, and it's very not convenient, and um, eh, the, the plumbing had, like, saltwater plumbing, which I'm sure was great for the pipes. And it was built in the 1920s, so... For the first adventure of sapphic books in the wild, I took along uh, Truth and Measure by Rosalind Sinclair, because in that book, one of the characters is going through a bad divorce. So I learned a little bit of history, and I was able to pair the book kind of, well, I don't think there's a spite house in that one. I don't know. But then I started getting this idea, because I did this like two days before Valentine's Day, which is really weird for a, a romance author to go on a drive to see a revenge house. <laughs> I like to find like weird stuff on my adventures like stuff that like you wouldn't really kind of like you might just drive by this and think it was one of the many neglected houses along that area because the um the marsh and the sea air and everything has done some damage over the years to these houses but um since i dug into it a bit i really like learning these little things and it's given me an idea for a story actually like can revenge lead to love yeah. That, that's really interesting. I've never heard of a spite house, but um, when was it decreed that, that you didn't have to do that? Like, did everybody have to do that? Call it a spite house? Or, no, or like, just build a replica of the build, house? I think that yeah, was build in a replica. particular divorce agreement. Oh, I see. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think it, it's um, a normal... <laughs> I can't imagine it would be a normal thing, because what, what an expense I mean, each time you get divorced. <laughs> there would be a lot of like dodgy houses built in um, dodgy areas that were about to drown or oh. something yeah to disappear but if i did i did look it up and it's not always like a divorce thing like sometimes people like um built an addition to their house because they hated their neighbors and they wanted to like block their view or something like that okay. apparently hate is another strong emotion that has oh. always run through humanity oh. love and hate so yeah, so it was interesting, and, like, it just proves that you never know when that what-if question is going to start rolling around in your head and start giving you ideas for stories, because normally you wouldn't be like, oh, romance author going to see a spite house, that's going to end up with a love story, but hey, 
I might be able to make it work. Yeah. I don't know yet. Yeah. I'm at the very beginning stage, so I have no idea if I can pull this off. How about you? What's going on over there? Yeah, you see, I do also think that uh, you never know uh, when inspiration is going to strike. Um, recently, I've been to two funerals, um, two family funerals, an aunt, and an aunt of mine and her cousin died. Um, which is which is very sad, but um, I remember going to one of my friend's funerals uh, about sort of four or five years ago, and I got an idea from a book. You know, like when an idea for a book just actually almost strikes you down like a bolt of lightning. Like like you know, they say love at first sight. I get book a, book idea at first sight, and that was at his funeral, and and that was not what I expected to happen, but it did in the car park of a funeral of one of my good friends. So yeah, you never know where inspiration will strike. But anyway. Um, beyond that, uh, I haven't had a, a book at first sight inspiration over the last little while. See, I got it again uh, watching the Lionesses last year. Now that book's nearly at the end of the end of the process. So there you go. So um, I, I I was doing another project. Do you remember you were chastising me last time around, saying Claire, why are you being pulled in all different directions? Well, I've I've I put that other one. Um, I've got it to where I want it to be, so that one's on hold. I'm back to the football book, finally. Uh, I'm tackling draft three now. It's back from the editor. There's lots to do, but I'm in the mud, in a good way. I'm down and dirty, on the pitch, or the field, as you Americans might say. Yes, on the field. I don't remember chastising you. That may be, like, something you're reading into it. <laughs> I took it as chastising, TB. Okay. Yeah. I just remember asking if you didn't want to work on some other projects, and that's why you kept getting ideas, but... <laughs> Do you picture me like like bending over you with like a ruler, like those old school like marms, school marms, like trying to like get you to focus or something? I mean, that brings up all other conversations that I don't want to go there. TB, I'm, I thought we we decided that we had a platonic friendship. Oh, <laughs> wow, we're just going all in this time. <laughs> all right, back to back to back to where I am in uh, in my work. <laughs> So, as I said, the cover for the football book, so the football book is is on the home straight now. Um, once I get these edits done, it'll go back to the editor because I've got to add in a couple of bits and take out a couple of bits. Um, she'll uh, give me her final thoughts and then it'll go off to my first readers. So it's on nearly on the home straight. The cover is done, but I've got two that I like equally and I'm really, really indecisive on this cover and I don't know why, but... Um, and I put, I've asked 10 different people and I've got five people like one and five people like the other. So it's really not helpful. Um, I was thinking about putting it on one of those, you know, those vote things, but I don't know how to do that. I might just ask three more people and then see what they think. <laughs> yeah. Go for the odd numbers. Yes. So you can't get an even score. <laughs> and if six people like one and seven people like the other, then it's a, then it's a slam dunk for the seven, right? Something. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think basically both covers are good, so personal preference. I also wrote a Valentine's Day blog since we last um, spoke with my top five books that made me soups emotion. So if anybody wants to go and have a read of that, um, it's on my blog at clairelyden.co.uk. I'm tripping over my bloody name again. What on earth? Claire, what is your name? <laughs> Hello, my name's Claire Lydon. What's up with me? Now we're recording this just before I go away to Worcester to do my talk this week where I've got to introduce myself. So that'll be, that'll be fun, won't it? <laughs> Watch me chill. Is anyone going to be there with like a camera on you? Can we get this on? Can we get some live action on this? You know, I mean, the, the thing is that if you trip over your name live and make a joke of it, that, that makes you more endearing, right? To the audience. Vulnerable. I'm vulnerable when it comes to doing my name, everyone. So don't, don't sit there and laugh. 
Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, get, I'm just getting ready to go to Worcester. By the time this comes out on Monday, um, it will have been last week, so hopefully it went well. But I'm going to be staying on an extra day because I thought, I've never been to Worcester. It's meant to be a nice city. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm travelling up on the day and then I'm going to do the talk in the evening and then the next day I'm going to do a bit of work and then sort of spend the afternoon in Worcester. So I've already had some suggestions from very kind uh, readers uh, of what to do in, in Worcester. So... I've got far too much to do in one afternoon, but it'll be nice. Hopefully it doesn't chuck it down and I'll have a nice uh, time there. And then I'll come back uh, and then I'm going to a drag king show aboard the Cutty Sark boat um, Friday night. So that's exciting. The Cutty Sark is like the oldest, it's a replica of the oldest tea clipper from old times, historic times. Isn't that near you? Don't we usually walk by that when we go to... Yeah one of the pubs you like to go to write or something like that yes very well remembered um yeah so the cutty sark boat replica of the boat is in greenwich and you can go around it it's actually really interesting um i know me as a history uh avoider uh, but i really liked it because they've restored the whole boat so you can get to go in the bedrooms and the kitchen and and you can get to see how people lived on the boat and it's actually worthwhile uh, but then they also do like um, comedy gigs uh, underneath the boat and then in the hull of the boat. So they're doing a drag king show there. So we're going to go and see that. As it's so close, it would be churlish not to. And I went to see Spurs men play. Um, I've been a few times because I've got the season ticket now. So I've been to see us uh, cream Man City. I think we might have done that last time. Yesterday I went to see them play West Ham. We won and I'll be going to see them again on Sunday before this comes out against Chelsea so fingers crossed we have another win and I've also seen Spurs women play at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and uh, we lost 2-1 very narrowly to Man United and they're top of the league so I didn't really expect us to win but we played really well um, and it was a shame we scored a great goal and then from the kickoff they went down the other end put a cross in and we scored a goal for them so that was a bit tragic wasn't it it's a tragedy in a minute it, when we went from elation to deflation in 60 seconds that's the life of a yeah, Spurs fan. It's always sad when it's like the counter strike right after because like everyone's still really excited. I know. And they let their guard down. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit. Literally. Lost focus for like 60 seconds. <laughs> Literally from the kickoff. We'll score a goal for you. Don't you worry. Um, but. I did think that um, I am fulfilling some of my goals for this year, right, was to go and see more women's football. Um, I knew I was already going to go and see more men's football because I've got the ticket already. So, And my other goal was to cook more food and I made a cracking ginger chicken sarg curry uh, the other night, so that was good. And I've been reading, fulfilling my reading goals. I read a romance book recently where three, they had three main couples, all of them broke up and one of them died. That's not a romance book, is it? Is it marketed as a romance? Well, um, or is it marketed as women's fiction? I think it's marketed more as a romance, but it's not. No. <laughs> I hate to break it to them. <laughs> maybe it's Shari Lowe is one of my uh, favourite um, straight romance authors, and maybe she's always done romances in the past. I, there has been one death in her books before. Oh, but my, that book was so emotional. Uh, but this one, like everybody broke up and one person died. It wasn't what I was expecting. When I got to the end of the book, I was like, this is not romance. But anyway. Oh, hello. Sorry, that's my phone. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Making funny noises I've never heard for. Anyway, there you go. So that's me. Um, football book, hooray, cover, who knows, a blog and um, football. There you go. There got you go. Got any comments? 
We do. We have a comment from a fellow sapphic author, Emmy Tudor, who uh, wrote us to ask if we had talked about relaunching a backlist book that has been reworked and given a new cover. Um, Emmy searched our site and didn't find anything. And Emmy is getting ready to relaunch this book, so is uh, looking for ideas. And then Emmy wrote, I love listening to you ladies and look forward to each new episode. So thank you very much for the kind words. And I was thinking about this in... Um, I don't think we have actually tackled that subject, and I'm not. I was trying to think too. Have I relaunched a book? I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I don't know if by relaunching do we mean recovering? Because I've done that. I think there's been some editing done and a new cover and like stuff like that. So I think it's it's relaunching a book that has been worked over, and I think it was like their first book maybe, okay. and obviously, yeah. So. Yeah, so relaunching a book that's been out but is new and improved, I guess. I don't know. Right. Okay. I don't know the way to say it. Yeah. I haven't done that. I've I've put new covers, but I'm thinking maybe we could um, have a think about it and tackle it. I'm, I'm going to want to put a call out for an Ask Us Anything. So we're going to do an Ask Us Anything episode. So if you've got any questions that, you know, maybe they wouldn't fill a whole episode if we don't have... Um, enough experience of things but or, or just sort of smaller questions or or just a question you've always wanted to ask so do get in touch with us on the website or um, via email lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com or twitter us or instagram me and um, let us know your questions get your questions in absolutely yeah and I, I will have a think about if there is strategies I know certain people have done it so we could we could look we could do a little I could Google and hopefully not end up on more watch lists. Yes, Google and giggle. Um, I've got a few comments because uh, I put up a little uh, reel um, in my new social media reel, real crazy strategy. All right, what's going on with my... Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm put... Cells are charging. I think my, my phone is on silent. I don't understand why it's um, making all these funny noises. Stop it. Anyway, um, SW, I put up a little reel about our podcast uh, just to um, make people aware of it. SW Anderson says the podcast is great. Um, JJ Aria says it's their go-to listen. And Sherry Rich says I'm definitely one of many who love it. Great podcast. Keep up the good work. So thank you all for listening and thank you for commenting. All right. Should we move on to the topic at hand, marketing and business books? Yes. Any? I'm assuming no coffee updates. Okay. Right then, yes, uh, marketing and business books. So basically because we did um, craft books last week and we thought that we, we couldn't cover all all the books we like that have had an impact on us. So we are now this week moving on to marketing and business books. Um, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to sort of, um, how many books have you got that you want to talk about? Um, I have a handful, but um, I, can, I can pare down if necessary. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the time. But uh, one of my first books is the one that kind of got me on the indie writing path. So okay. I can share a little bit about that. Share it. Share it. Okay. So way back in the day when I was uh, living in the Earl's Court area of London, I was taking my dog for a walk and we used to go to Brompton Cemetery. And on the way to Brompton, we passed the Earl's Court. But I can't remember if it was called a convention center or whatever. And I saw a sign that said the London uh, Book Fair. And I was like, ooh, I like books. I like London. So I went, and I ended up sitting on a truly terrible uh, panel about uh, indie publishing or self-publishing. It was like one of those, like, uh, 
it was more like a one of those like commercials you watch like in the middle of the night that is like totally scammy it was not it was well before they started create carving out the author central area and everything so it was one of those companies that was trying to pitch their services but it got me thinking and i had a a, a blog at the time and i shared this and i shared like my my thoughts on it and someone in the comments had uh written down a book title that uh they led me towards and it was uh let's get digital by david grogan uh the irish author did you ever read that one or surely you know Dave, of david i do know of him yeah uh, and i've read quite a lot of his emails and blog posts i haven't i don't think i've read one of his books but um yeah he's he's full of knowledge yes he is and um he still is very active in the indie publishing world and i still read his emails so um that's what started actually getting uh, my brain going about becoming uh, an indie author instead of trying to like query publishers and everything. So it's, I read it. It was one of the first books I read on indie publishing and I read it before I uploaded my first book, Woman Lost. I still refer to it sometimes. So like, do you ever have those moments when you're uploading a KDP and you forget like certain things you have to fill out. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of look at that book every once in a while to jog my memory. Like, do I want the, the what is the box, the DR box or whatever? I can never remember if I want yes or no or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I still kind of refer to it now when I get that uh, old age <laughs> moment where I'm like, I don't know, do I? <laughs> I don't remember what that is. But it's one of the first books that I, that I attribute to guiding me down the indie path. And I learned a lot. Um, I'm sure it's been updated because this was uh, over 10 years ago. <laughs> I hope it's been updated. A lot of the books I'm going to suggest, I should say, are ones I read early on. I hope they've been updated. And I sh we should caution you that the indie publishing and traditional publishing and hybrid publishing world has changed drastically day to day, it seems. <laughs> so yep. that's, that's my first book. That's my first book that kind of got me into the indie author mindset. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever read, I, I'm just trying to think, I don't think I ever read like a here's how you do self-publishing book. Um, I think I just asked, you see this is again me, right? I, I just had a lot of people I knew who were doing it and I just kept asking them questions. So I'm more a ring people up and ask them questions rather than investigate it and read a book. So um, a, a non-fiction book that is. I'm all about fiction, but non-fiction, it's a little bit of a challenge for me to read non-fiction uh, non books, I think, as we've, as we've, um, discussed before. However, if you get a non-fiction book that I enjoy, then you've really hit the jackpot. I've just written down some that were challenging for me and some that I loved. One that I really loved um, was Atomic Habits by James Clear, which we've had on here before. Um, I read it cover to cover. It wasn't too much of a slog. I recommended it more about sort of mindset and habits to people than any other book, I think. Um, it's got great tips and tricks. So for a mindset, mindset books, that one I really loved. There's another one that I read, actually another two that I read that were challenging to read, but credit to me, I read them cover to cover. <laughs> Do I think that they, um, you know, made my life better? Mm, I'm not sure. I think Atomic Habits had more of an impact because I enjoyed it, right? It was, it wasn't, it wasn't dry. So I read Deep Work by Cal Newport, and that was a few years ago when everybody was um, recommending Deep Work. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to read it. I'm going to read. I'm going to read this book now. You know, it had some interesting things to say, but essentially, it just said you need to block off big, larger amounts of time than like the Pomodoro method, like 25 minutes on, five minutes rest. 
um, Cal Newport was saying that you need to block off like three or four hours and just don't do anything else but that and then your mind will really sink into whatever you're doing and then you can really get into the topic now I agree with that it's good I probably would go more the Pomodoro method um, 25 minutes on five minutes rest um, and then you can do three or four hours blocks maybe I should revisit revisit its lessons but it was so dry and so dull to read that um, I don't think I probably will (laughs) But you might be loving this recommendation. Yeah, your mileage may vary, but you know, you know, you know what it is with mindset books, though. When the title, they could actually sum it up in like two or three sentences, and that's what you're taking away, really. So the same could be said of the book Rest. Um, I can't remember who it's by, but it just basically said rest because rest is good for your productivity and your mental health, and your and if you don't want to burn out and fuck up your body and your mind, rest it's kind of it didn't really need a book did it um that's kind of <laughs> common sense but maybe people people loved it again it was one of those books that everyone talked about so occasionally i do like to read those kind of ones but uh i would say atomic habits had the biggest effect on me hey i haven't read atomic habits clearly since i just don't form good habits but um i did read deep work and i found it interesting and i tried his method and like you i cannot focus for three to four hours I need those small breaks so um, I go more I I do shorter I do like the 25 minute and then like take a break stuff like that but um, I did find it interesting and it was it was all the rage I think when I was living in Dublin so 2016 2017 around that time period where everyone was reading and everyone was talking about it but I'm liking that you went mindset and I went total business indie business books yeah there you go we come at things differently, because, don't we? Because my next my ne- next recommendation is How to Market a Book by Joanna Penn. You and I both know Joanna Penn. She's absolutely lovely in the book world, in the podcast world, in the real life world. She's just one of those really charming, fun people who is got a good heart and she's extremely honest and sense of humor. She has the British sense of humor that I appreciate. I remember reading that kind of after I read Let's Get Digital because I was, after reading Let's Get Digital by David Grogan, I decided to go the indie route, and then I needed to learn how to market a book, obviously, since I was going the indie route. And um, I found her advice uh, pretty easy to understand. Uh, It was easy to put into action, and it was sound advice from someone who, let's be honest, she's one of the trailblazers of indie publishing. Um, She's been, I don't how long has she been doing that podcast? Ooh, um, I think it's like 15 years or something. It's a long time. Yeah, I remember recently I was listening to an episode because I still I still read David's emails and I still listen to uh, Joanna's podcast. And I remember her commenting that one of her uh, Patreon subscribers had mentioned that they were binging all of her episodes. And she was like, oh, careful. A lot of information has changed yeah. since I started this. Like, <laughs> don't put the stuff like back from like 2013 into action because that might not work. But, um... That is one of the things. Also, when I was last year or two years ago, I don't know, I can't remember, when I was experimenting with putting books on PayHip and stuff, it was a Joanna Penn YouTube video that I used as my guide. I just had it up on this on my laptop while I was doing it on my desktop, and I followed her advice. She's one of those people, and I've read several of her other books. This is the first one I read where I've realized that she was knew what she was talking about, which you kind of have to... Um, figure that out when especially with the marketing books for the indie publishing world because there are some that are just pumping out books that are 
they don't really tell you much of anything. They just want to get paid because there's always going to be the ones who are looking for the quick buck. But she is, Joanna Penn is one that has truly made a career for herself with indie publishing and being a, what, a, a coach? Um, coach? More I don't like know a, if that's the right word. No, I would say more like a guru. Like, yeah, like yes, that's some, better. Yeah, somebody to follow. You're like, I, I, I do think, you know, I'm like, that makes her sound like some sort of prophet. <laughs> Maybe she is. I don't think she'd be, she'd be very happy being called that. Well, wise sage. sage. She's a wise owl. Yeah, all her advice and all her books are um, good reads. She knows what she's talking about. So if you, if you just want to, and I think she does give away a um, a free ebook, which is how to market yes. How to self-publish a book, I think, or something like that. So, yeah. and her her uh, how tos has like well over eight to nine books. It's quite it's grown drastically. So she can she can help you along the career, any path you're on your writing career. She can help. Yes. So uh, so far, uh, Joanna Penn and David Grogan are two of the people I would recommend. Yes, and I would I would uh, recommend both of them as well. I did actually read her book on public speaking and podcasting. Mainly that was when I was um, just doing a bit more readings and going to events and doing those. So, and I found that helpful. So, um, if you if you want to get into that, um, she does go through how to set up a podcast, and everything. Again, it might have changed somewhat since she did it because um, because those books probably at least five or six years old now. So. Um, another one that I've got, that, uh, a book I've got that I haven't read yet, but it's called The Magic of Thinking Big. I like that title, so um, I bought it. Was that right? Hold on, everyone. Claire's gotten out of the chair, and I think she's left the room. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. She's gone from the screen. Now I'm back. It's by David okay. David Schwartz. Okay, so it's not the Elizabeth Gilbert book? No, that's Big Magic, which I also liked and probably should have uh, put into... Well, it kind of straddles last week and this week, right? Um, I really enjoyed that. And the reason I enjoyed that was because she's a fiction author and knows how to weave a narrative into nonfiction books. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic is a brilliant book. Um, highly recommended. Uh, yeah, but The Magic of Thinking Big is by David Schwartz. And I think that's a sort of a businessy book. So I, I do want to read that. I actually took it to Whitstable in January with me. And then every time I started reading it, I fell asleep. So um, that, but it was bedtime and I was in bed. So it was, it's not like I just <laughs> had narcolepsy every time I picked it up. <laughs> well, if I ever write a self-help book, I am not going to tag you for, for a, a soundbite. I was going to say, if I ever write a self-help book, I have all these people going, well, she says that she can eat, you know, entertaining ones, but her one's dry as a bloody rusk. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you're so funny when it comes to this stuff. You hate learning stuff <laughs> through a book, don't you? Yeah, I think that's what it is. And like I... and Which makes it even more surprising that I went, you know... Uh, I nearly had got a PhD. I was two years into a PhD. Yeah, you know, uh, I was into academia. I was I was this close to being a doctor and being becoming a lecturer or something. I would hate. I knew I would have hated it. That's why I left. Well, it just cracks me up. But anywho, um, yes. So I have not heard of that one. I'll have to um, look it up. I mean, obviously, I, I do have the Elizabeth Gilbert one, but mm-hmm. I haven't read it or listened to it. I think I own it both in audio and ebook, and I have not touched it yet oh well highly that will be my first step yes highly recommended but as i say i haven't read the magic of thinking big but it's on my list it's on my tbr list (laughs) i really tried and then i kept falling asleep um and i've got i've got three more so um 
Do you want to go? Uh, my next one is yet another book that I read early on in my career. Um, and I don't know if they're still doing advice or anything, but it, it's one that was all the rage when I was starting out writing. And um, I did learn some stuff. Uh, it's, it's Write, Publish, and Repeat by the three guys. Uh, who is it? Sean Plant, Johnny Truitt, and David Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, are they still doing their podcast and all that? I don't know. I used to listen to it yes. all the time, but I don't, I don't know. I unsubscribe from their feed because they stopped doing it. I don't know whether they've come back. Yes, I, I, I used to listen to them. This book, it did, uh, it was useful information, don't get me wrong, but um, sometimes when I was listening to their podcast, they were just a little too American guy-ish for me sometimes, which is weird because I'm American and I know it seems odd for me to say that, but they were very uh, loud and boisterous. They were... It, it was boy- and they always thought they were always right about absolutely everything so I would and what I don't like is what we've talked about on many occasions is like how not everything works for everyone so I, I would just pick things but I did learn some stuff from their books and there was another one they did uh, iterations about iterations something like that but um, but I don't know if they're still offering advice but that was one that kind of also helped set me on this path so obviously it's they've helped because I am now you know supporting myself. <laughs> so well done. But again, I have to caution you. It's an older book and things have changed a lot. Yes, I do agree. I do remember when that was out. Again, it was they were all, they were the, all the rage. That book was all the rage. It's a long time ago, everyone. We're very old. Um, so uh, yeah, I agree with you. Their podcast. Um, while I liked it, sometimes it just made me want to punch the screen because they used to make uh, inappropriate jokes and um, it was just very Boise uh, came across anyway okay my next books um, are so I've got two other ones that are about money I'm going to leave that to the end but my next books are the Dear Writer series by Becca Syme now Becca Syme is a fucking goddess when it comes to understanding yourself and understanding who you are as a writer. If you don't know about Becca Syme, go and read her books, listen to her podcast, I think it's called The Quick Cast. Now I first read her book Dear Writer You Need to Quit in October 2020. I read it, um, I was just, you remember, we all remember the year that 2020 was. My wife and I went glamping because that's all we could do back in those times. You couldn't go out to pubs, but you could go and be in a tent, in a cold tent, in a cold field in October. And I read her book by an open fire in a cold tent, and um, it kept me it kept me entertained all day. She can write, she can make stuff um, fun, learning. She makes learning fun, TB, which is what you need to do with me, right? Um, well, so, I think everyone. Well, I yeah. Think you're alone in this. No. <laughs> So um, her book, Dear Writer, You Need to Quit, uh, basically it sort of says, well, some of you might need to quit writing, but you need to read the book to find out. But basically her books always encourage you to question the premise, she says, QTP. And don't just think that because something works for one person, it'll work for you. She's direct, she doesn't bullshit. I could listen to her talk all day, honestly. If you've ever heard her on a podcast, she's fantastic. Um, but the dear writer you need to quit, she urges you to quit trying to be something you're not. To quit work, doing stuff that doesn't work for you. To quit expecting it to be easy, to quit focusing on your faults. So that's where the you need to quit comes in, right? So it's a self-help book. It's about mindset. Um, it's really good. I can't recommend it enough. And I've just bought Dear Writer, Are You Intuitive? Which is her new one. Um, and that's all about not trying, not 
thinking you have to plot if you're not a plotter. Um, if you're intuitive and you just know what should come next, but you don't understand why, it it means you're intuitive. And I always I always thought that about my first book, London Calling, when I I had all the points that the obligatory scenes and the points that you need to hit, but I didn't realise at the time because I didn't know they existed. Um, so I think I am probably a bit intuitive. So I'm, I'm I've bought that to learn more about it. Um, but she's got a whole series of these dear writer books. Um, highly recommended. It's funny, I almost put her on my list, but then I went with Newsletter Ninja by Tammy LeBrook. I oh. don't know how to say her name. Yeah. But it's funny that I was like, that one, maybe I was intuitive that you were going to use it. You are so intuitive. <laughs> but I do believe uh, Becca Symes is one it should uh, should uh, read as well. But with the Newsletter Ninja, um, I think you and I talk about this a lot, about how important it is to build your own newsletter, to build your own email list and we're learning this even more now with twitter doing whatever the frick it's doing i don't know twitter's crazy right now you can't rely on social media to build your brand like even the other old ones like facebook uh uh it's skewing older so if you want to reach a younger audience it's going to be hard instagram is having a hard time competing with tiktok mastodon is proving to be a tough nut to crack since uh we set up an account and the server is already being shut down this may so okay. <laughs> So um, it's just one of those things where, like, you don't own that platform. You have you don't have a right to post on that platform. It could change at any second. But with your newsletter, you do have the emails and everything. This is why it's important to learn how to set up a newsletter, how to keep your audience engaged, and everything like that. And I would I would recommend Newsletter Ninja. It's and it's one of the reasons having a newsletter and being able to reach readers that way. It's one of the reasons I work so hard on my author newsletter. It's one of the reasons I work so hard on growing that iHeart Sapphic newsletter. It's important. Take If you take one thing away from this episode, newsletter, now, do it. <laughs> newsletter now, go ninja. Yes, I agree. And Tamley Breck, um, I haven't read that book, but I've, I know all about it. Um, I've heard about it. And I think she runs courses on it as well. And I think she is a newsletter, newsletter ninja. So um, I do like recommending, I suppose, all these uh, women female-centered books as well and female-centered writing sages and gurus um let's let's pick them up so the other two books i've got uh one of them is based on fiction and the other one is just based um is it's not it's just based on money mindset the first one is uh one we we kind of covered in episode 164 about universal pleasure buttons but that was based on jennifer dr jennifer barnes cheesecake theory do you remember the cheesecake theory uh, TB, that we love fat and sugar, we're hardwired to love them, so uh, that's why people love cheesecake, and your books just need to have fat and sugar, basically, which is like love and emotions and, and feels, feels, and then people won't be able to put them down. Now, Theodora Taylor wrote um, a book called Seven Figure Fiction, which is which is very has very similar ethos and uh, stuff behind it, and she just sort of talks about how the building blocks to writing a book that readers will not be able to put down and will not be able to stop reading. Now, I kind of feel like I should have talked about this last week. Um, I kind of forgot about this book. I loved this book. Um, again, she's a fiction author. She does it very well. So uh, if you, we talked about it um, a bit, not exactly this book, but on episode 164, go back and listen to that. But also read Theodora Taylor's Seven Figure Fiction. She just says, push out all the but all the pleasure buttons and um, readers will not be able to help coming back to your writing again and again and that's the way to build a really really successful 
monetize business, but it all comes back to getting the basics right and getting a good book out there. Yes, I have that one. Yes, I recommend it. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you have noticed, but Gray is like right next to the microphone, and she's kind of intimidating right now. Okay. <laughs> now I have my, I have my Word document up, so I couldn't see her uh, head, but she is. She's right next to the microphone. Hi, Gray. Yeah. Uh, no, she's a. Uh, are you done yet? <laughs> I think she wants like second breakfast. Maybe I don't know. She's like, hurry up! I want all the butter. Okay. So my next book is uh, one by Brian Cohen, How to Write a Sizzling Synopsis, and uh, I probably should uh, brush up on that when I have to write my Lizzie blurb. Brian Cohen and the whole synopsis and blurb thing, it became really big when I was living in Dublin. I remember signing up, he had a special on blurbs, like you could have his team write like five for like, I don't know, like the price of three or something like that. And so I remember doing that. Uh, It was a great opportunity to not only get them to write the blurbs for me so I didn't have to do it, but also so I could study the formula and I've been applying it to my blurbs that I I pen now. Blurbs, I, I will admit right now, it's a hideous task for almost every author. I hate it, but they're absolutely vital. And so you better learn how to write a good blurb. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, blurbs are super important. Um, every time they ask readers what draws you to a book, people always say cover and blurb. So if you haven't got a good cover and you haven't got a good blurb, um, you're fucked really. So um, you might have the best book in the world, but marketing it is... Uh, is uh, done by covers and blurbs. Um, I would agree with that Brian Cohen um, book. I did, I did find it. I don't know if he's updated it. I did find it a little bit two D. I think he could have gone further with it, um, but I did learn some things from it. Well, I think he put that up so you would buy his blurb uh, uh, services, right? And I did, just like you, in that special offer. <laughs> yes, and then we learned how to do it. Yeah, we did. So uh, yeah, I think I learnt more from that than I did from the book, but there you go. Uh, So my final one is um, Denise Duffield-Thomas, who I've spoken about quite a lot on this podcast um, of late because um, I just love her. A bit like Becca Syme, she is a money mindset guru. She's a ray of Aussie sunshine and positivity. Uh, Her book uh, was very easy to read, um, very clear. Um, She's very personable, she's very honest, she's very open, she's very vulnerable. And she's, um, it's one of those books that you can work through and do all the exercises. And she wants you to clear your money blocks and reframe your attitude towards money so that you can have abundance in your life. Now, I've read the book through. I haven't done the exercises because I couldn't I didn't have the time to do them at at that point. But I thought what I'll do is I'll read the book through uh, and then I know what I'm going back to. So I do intend to do that this this uh, year. It's on my schedule. The whole money thing is hugely important because it can hold you back from being more as successful as you want to be. And the, the, as she says, you know, it's all about your mindset. And the only way to ensure that you're reaching your full potential is to unlock you. Yes, money's intimidating. It's frustrating and it's insidious. <laughs> I think you need to read Get Rich Lucky Bitch. <laughs> Do you have a few money blocks there, TB, would you say? It's just, I don't know. With, with everything going astronomically high, my rent increasing 20% this year like everything just kind of sucks right now around money not happy energy bills gas bills everything you need to read get rich lucky bitch all right that's my last book all right all right my last book is not one um it's just aptly typed because it's a book I contributed to but it's uh what I wish I'd known for writers 100 authors reveal what they wish they told their younger selves it was put out by HD Thompson it's it's a Every piece is really short, and um, I contributed uh, a 
one entry to the power of belief. So if you guys are curious about my piece of advice, I recommend picking it up. And it's just one of those things where authors just kind of share a little bit. I think I, I think it was like a thousand words or something like that. So it was just a fun one, and it was um, it was nice to be asked to be included mm. in something like that, where you know get a little recognition that someone out there thinks I kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So always surprising when people think that, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I don't know why, because like you know, we do this professionally, and we have the podcast, and we. But and when people like come up to me and be like, "Oh, hey, I admire you. Would you write for this?" and I'm like, "You admire me? Why?" <laughs> <laughs> I put my uh, sweatpants on backwards this morning. Why do you admire me? Uh, well, we do. We do know. Uh, we have got a semblance of uh, knowledge about this business. One might say. Yeah, your 10-year anniversary coming up. Um, I've just hit my nine-year uh, anniversary. Actually, I'm, I'm hitting it this week. So by the time this podcast comes out, because I think I launched my first book on the 26th of February, 2014. So I'm, I'm going to be nine years this year. Huh? Good job. Yeah, thanks. Gold star. What was <clears throat> the first book? London Calling. I remember it came out, and I remember seeing it on the charts, and that was also the time where they had all the cabs where it was London Calling, mm. and for a long time I thought it was you. Yeah, you should have thought she's really gone to town with her marketing budget. I was like, she's really, how did she launch so successfully? She's on every freaking cab in town. <laughs> Imagine if I had done that. That would have been amazing, right? Yeah. Anyway, we are going to wrap this up. Uh, we hope you found those book recommendations useful, interesting. Do let us know what books you would recommend on craft, business, mindset, uh, that sort of thing. I don't think you can. St- read enough of these really I, I and when you find a good one it can really affect you i feel like with the becca time stuff and the and the denise duffield thomas money mindset stuff so yeah um and and with your stuff they set you away on your career but you've got to know you and how you react to these books so i don't react well to people telling me what to do in books clearly so um yeah you know, you ought to be clever about it if you want me to do things well now it's just a challenge like can't we write how to that's clever enough to keep your uh attention yes that's your challenge tv yes that's that's what i need you haven't got enough things to do this year have you all right um do get in touch and let us know what you think uh and do get in touch and let us know any questions you've got for our ask us anything episode which will be coming up uh fairly soon i was thinking maybe next time around as we're coming up to international women's day we could do something around that but we'll, we'll have a chat about that so get in touch with us uh, on the website lesbiansyouwrite.com email us lesbiansyouwrite at gmail.com Facebook us, Twitter us at lesyouwrite is that right? and Instagram me at clairefic and join us next time around when we might be doing something to do with an International Women's Day or not, who knows but do get your questions in I think we should celebrate women yeah, alright let's do it, I don't know how yet but let's celebrate women yeah, okay All right, until then, um, take care, keep writing. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.